Welcome everybody to your daily dose of video game news at Pixels and Pines for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. First up, Starfield has finally gotten the full ESRB description. We now have a full-fledged description of Microsoft Starfield directly from the ESRB. The ESRB writes that this is an open-world role-playing game in which players assume the role of a minor tasked with finding artifacts across the galaxy. From first, third-person perspectives, players interact with various characters, complete quests, and search for supplies while battling enemies. Examples include humans, robots, alien creatures. Players use futuristic guns, lasers, axes, and explosives to kill enemies. Combat is fast-paced with frequent gunfire, cries of pain, and explosions. Attacks on some enemies can result in blood splatter effects. Several environments depict bloodstains on the ground around corpses. The game contains some suggestive material in the dialogue, and after sharing a bed with characters, here's some examples of that dialogue, life is a sexually transmitted disease that's 100% fatal. I'm all for getting a little wild, but next time, let's try it without the jetpacks. Talk about seeing stars. Oof, that was amazing. There's also a fictional drug called Aurora, which is prominent in the game, with a section involving players' characters working in an illicit drug lab. Players can also obtain Aurora by stealing or buying it from vendors. Consuming Aurora results in a distortion effect on the screen. The words fuck and bullshit appear in the game. It's also worth noting that the game was also listed as having in-game purchases for PC and Xbox Series consoles. Highly typical of a Bethesda game. This is no different from Fallout or Skyrim, so par for the course. Still looking forward to the game. Hopefully we get to see exactly what this game is going to be all about once the Xbox showcase happens in June and we get that Starfield Direct. For our next story, Nintendo just announced their earnings. On Tuesday, Nintendo predicted that it would sell 15 million Switch consoles in the year ending March 2024, which is 3 million fewer than the previous year. Sales have been in a slump with a peak of 28.8 million units sold in the year ending March 2021, which dropped to 23 million in the following year, and then to 18 million in their most recent fiscal year. Despite this, the company's net profit for the year through March 2022 was 432 billion yen, or 3.2 billion US dollars, more than the previous forecast in February, but down more than 9% on the year. For the current fiscal year, Nintendo expects its net profit to fall 21% to 340 billion yen, 2.5 billion US dollars, due to the declining sales of its signature console. However, President Shintaro Furukawa stated that the sales forecast included estimated sales of the Super Mario Bros. movie. The long-awaited movie was released in April in the US and has become a global hit, earning over $677.9 million in the first two weeks and growing up to $1.1 billion since then. Furukawa added that a portion of the movie's box office revenues and revenues from secondary use of the movie, such as Blu-ray DVDs, will be included in our IP-related revenues. The strong performance of the movie is expected to attract people who have never played a game to become fans of Mario and Nintendo, said Furukawa. The investors have also taken note of the movie's success, which has contributed to the rise in Nintendo share price on Monday, reaching 5,700 yen at one point, its highest since the beginning of the year. Despite the movie's success, console and game sales still make up Nintendo's core business, accounting for more than 90% of the company's revenue. Furukawa acknowledged that the Switch is now six years old and there are uncertainties ahead, adding that the company is now in unknown territory since the history of their game console business never saw 10 million units of hardware still being sold at this stage. 
Furthermore, Furukawa commented that the sales target for this year is a bit of a stretch, given that recent year-on-year -year sales have been declining by more than 20%. Therefore, many are calling on Nintendo to introduce a new console. One is rumored to be due out next year, with a source close to the company stating that development seems to be progressing well. However, a product launch won't happen before next spring at the earliest. Not a lot of surprises here. As we can see, the Nintendo Switch is gently transitioning into an end-of-the-line, end-of-life end of, uh, console system, right? In comparison, the Wii was more of a flash-in-the-pan success for Nintendo. It couldn't really maintain the momentum a few years after release, which is kind of why Furukawa is stating this uncharted territory for Nintendo. This does mean, though, Nintendo is more than ever getting ready to make an announcement of new hardware. The real question is going to be whether they're going to attempt to make another Wii to Wii U transition or if they're going to go clean slate like they did with the Nintendo Switch. Now Nintendo's concern is most likely going to be that if a Switch U were to release, if their current user base are going to stick with the old machine and avoid the U variant kind of like how we saw with the Wii. A cross-gen environment over the course of a couple of years could be kind of frightening. And we're going to see if Nintendo is focused on selling new experiences through hardware. And it kind of feels like that's the kind of the Nintendo thing to do. Now, in my opinion, I think Nintendo should abandon its current user base and build another one. Like we see that Sony is intent on creating an ever evolving platform if we are to believe that the PS5 Pro is indeed the future. Microsoft doesn't seem to care about platform at all and is just looking to soak up subscriptions so that you can experience their games on their approved platforms. Now, Nintendo has shown that they can make people purchase hundreds of millions of console systems in order to play their games. The Switch is the second iteration of that. Maybe making Switch carts physically incompatible with the new hardware slot or maybe even changing the media type to be something cheaper? You know, to allow devs to avoid expensive mistakes like having to purchase a 32GB or 64GB card size. If Nintendo does the hardware right, they could allow developers to build low-fidelity versions of their games in order to support optional Switch releases, you know, previous-gen versions of the game, without the hard requirements that a Microsoft requires for their Series S and X titles. Now, I think this is the winning formula, and I think, honestly, having a plain Switch successor with the only difference being, you know, much more technically advanced internals would most likely risk another Wii U scenario, or, man, even worse, a DS to 3DS to the new 3DS transition situation was awful. Everyone targeted the lowest common denominator, and if that's the case, we're never going to have a proper break into the new generation software for Nintendo's new system. We already hear complaints about how much people hate this cross-gen situation with Xbox and PlayStation 5, and I think it would be worse for Nintendo since developers are dropping hilariously bad ports for the Switch, even compared to PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One, just because it makes financial sense to put as little effort as possible and just throw it on the Switch. Starting a new generation stuck with that mindset will ensure that major third-party devs will continue to avoid Nintendo. We have the Asus ROG ally that's coming up, we have the Steam Deck, and it proves that people want substantial handheld experiences. If the game ends up on PC, that money, that cut of the money goes to Steam or they subscribe to a service like Microsoft's Game Pass rather than giving a sale to Nintendo on their platform. 
This is scary and fun times for Nintendo. And I'm all here for it. I mean, if it was me personally, being able to play my current Switch catalog in 4K60 would be my ideal scenario. But you know what? Guess what? If Nintendo isn't going to head in that direction, I guess I can always emulate them, right? And our next story, System Shock Remake goes gold. Good stuff. Prime Matter and Night Dive Studios have announced that the long-awaited full-fledged remake of the iconic System Shock from 1994 has gone gold. After years of development, fans will finally get to play the stunningly faithful recreation of the classic shooter Immersive Sim on May 30th, 2023 at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. The game will be available digitally for Windows PC on Steam, GOG, and the Epic Game Store. The System Shock remake features all new HD visuals, updated controls, an overhauled interface, and all new sounds and music. Along with the quality of life gameplay tweaks and a revamped hacking system, players can expect to encounter never-before-seen enemies and visceral new combat options featuring a brutal dismemberment system. Players will navigate through Citadel Station's all-new areas as they encounter traps, puzzles, and secrets while combating Shodan's Legion of Hostile and Mutated Creatures. To survive, players will need a combination of stealth, cunning, and futuristic weaponry. Night Dive Studios, who worked closely with the members of the original System Shock team, including the voice of Shodan, Terry Brosius. The PC edition of System Shock is available for pre-order on Steam, GOG, and the Epic Game Store, and includes a free copy of the upcoming System Shock 2 Enhanced Edition for all early buyers. Console editions of the game for PlayStation 4 and 5 and Xbox One and Series S and X will be released in the future with more details set to be shared at a later date. This is one of the best early examples of the first-person, single-player, immersive sim games from Warren Spector. The only thing left would be for a proper remake of the original Deus Ex game. We can only dream, right? Now, I'm hoping this game turns out amazing. It seems to have gone through a bit of development hell, but it seems like it's now finally releasing. Also, this is kind of coming on the heels of the purchase of Night Dive Studios by Atari. I'm hopeful that this game will at least be releasing in a fully finished and competent state, as it seems the studio itself has been going through some issues. Now, there are also supposed to be remastering some older FPS games in order to run on modern hardware. We just heard about System Shock 2. They are also slated to do Sin and Rise of the Triad, some of my favorite games as an early FPS player back in the day. Next, Sonic Frontiers has hit a milestone. Sega and Rovio held a press conference recently to reveal that Sonic Frontiers had surpassed a new sales milestone. The 3 platform has sold over 3.5 million units worldwide. The game had previously sold 3.2 million units as of March 31st, 2023. Sega aims to increase sales through strategies such as pricing, promotions, and further DLC development. The site's sound and speed update, which was released last month, introduced new challenge modes, a jukebox, and a photo mode. Two more free updates are planned, which will include new Coco, open zone challenges, anniversary content, new playable characters, and additional story content. The release dates for these updates are yet to be announced. This officially makes Sonic Frontiers the best-selling 3D Sonic game to ever be released. I'm still not a fan of the overly realistic setting that was launched with Sonic Frontiers, but hey man, if this provides Sega with enough reasons to produce a more stylistic version of the game, I'm all for it. And our last story for today, a Take-Two interactive marketing leak. 
The Guild downtown in Miami is being offered an advertising opportunity by Take-Two Interactive, according to a leaked document today. The company is proposing placing an advertising poster promoting one of its AAA games from one of its subsidiaries on the exterior side of the parking garage, which can be viewed from Biscayne Boulevard for a 12-month period starting late summer 2023. The company assured the hotel that it will cover all costs associated with the placement of the poster, including installation, maintenance, and removal, and will work with the hotel to ensure that the poster complies with the building's aesthetic standards. The company hopes that the partnership will increase its brand exposure while boosting the exposure of the hotel property. Well, hopefully this agreement is still valid after this leak. But if we're being honest, it's a strong sentiment that this advertising opportunity is going to be for promoting Grand Theft Auto 6. And why is that? Well, we had a massive leak about, I think it was nine months ago, where tons of short leaked video footage of what appeared to be a debug version of GTA 6 of the game running. And from what we could tell, it appeared that the game would be set back into the fictional Florida coastal city of Vice City. Now, we haven't heard much from GTA 6 or Rockstar since that leak. It could be part of a viral campaign in order to tease the announcement of the game next year. It could also be that GTA 6 is much further along than we believe, and this could be an advertisement agreement in order to promote the launching of the game, which would be very exciting. But that's all we know for now. Will we see more of these advertisements pop up in Miami? Are we going to find out that the guild downtown in Miami is no longer being offered the opportunity for this advertisement? We're going to have to find out later on. And that's going to do it for today's gaming news for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. Don't forget to rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. If you're the kind of person who enjoys content of the visual variety, you can check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at Pixels and Pints. I'll be back on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for more video game news.